That's the Mile High Hoops podcast with me, Zach By, powered by my friends at Superbook Sports. Stand up, Nuggets Nation. It's now time for the Mile High Hoops podcast with Zach By, presented by Superbook Sports on your home for the most Nuggets content. Denver's Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. What is up and welcome to another edition of the Mile High Hoops podcast. As always, I am your host, Zach By, and as always, I appreciate you spending a sliver of your busy day with me here on the podcast, reacting to an unfortunate series of events that has led the Denver Nuggets to a three-game losing streak. Not really used to three-game losing streaks, to be totally honest with you, covering this team through the years. Um, I was actually unusually confident that the Nuggets would take care of business on Tuesday night at Ball Arena against the Dallas Mavericks as the Mavs uh, are two things or were two things. Um, One, a bad road team. This is not a good team away from Dallas. Okay, they have a winning record, but they came into Ball Arena with a three and seven record away from what is it? American Airlines Arena down there, whatever the hell it is. Um But the other just natural um, element at play is that the Dallas Mavericks were on the second night of a back-to-back. And this was, honestly, we talk about schedule losses for the Nuggets. This was a schedule loss for the Dallas Mavericks. And it ended up being a really good game. Um, National television, everyone got to watch. Uh, It was a good game. It had fun moments. Um but uh, not enough of them as uh, Denver falls 116, 115. This is really tight down the stretch. Um, couple different takeaways uh, here. And, but let's just start with like overarching um, themes. Uh, much better defensively. Much better defensively. Okay. Uh, given what we saw over the weekend, and, you know, I'm not going to do some big victory lap here, but. I uh, told you on the most previous episode, I was concerned about the trip to Atlanta because it told the old parable with Earl Boykin saying weekend games in Atlanta, no bueno. Uh, it's just not not good uh, with these guys' NBA lifestyles. And then you have this, you know, uh, infighting within the Hawks with Trey Young and the coach during a, 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 a you know, shoot around and Trey doesn't show up to the game like it's some sort of middle school stomping your feet thing and they still lose still lose that game and then I told you on the heels of that I was concerned with that I said I'm deeply concerned about the game on Sunday against New Orleans that's just not a team that uh, that you want to play with right now they are fantastic at home they're well constructed and you know Jose Alvarado made like 15 threes um yeah, I I kid. It was it was over half that total. He made eight of them. Um, so so now you come in. I I just to set this up. Like you come in to this game, losers I, on on Tuesday night. I'm talking about on TNT, losers of two straight. Okay, in games that you you were basically blown out essentially, especially the New Orleans one. Just what wasn't competitive. Um, but you're on the heels of a two-game losing streak. Your sense of urgency has got to be through the roof, and you're playing a team that's coming into altitude the second night of a back-to-back, and and you lose. And it wasn't some sort of um, like massively frustrating game like uh, the game in Atlanta or the game in New Orleans, but um, it does highlight some stuff. It does highlight some stuff. Um, 
Let me just say this. I want to start with Aaron Gordon. I thought he was fantastic. He began the game super aggressive. He was four or five from the field in the first quarter. He didn't really slow down. He finished 10 of 13, two of two from three, one of which Jokic was begging for the ball at the top of the key, and and Aaron Gordon shoots it anyway and made it. Still didn't love the possession itself on an island. Um, But that being said, I, I want to start with Gordon because, honestly, guys, I shudder to think where this basketball team would be without Aaron Gordon. You know, going into, um, I forget which playoff series it it was. Nuggets are all banged up. I think it was the Suns. um, And, you know, going into the playoff series, the Nuggets are, you know, uh, down multiple starters, right? And I I remember saying on this podcast and on the radio show saying, if the Nuggets are going to have a chance in this series, we should be arguing about, who the second best player is. Okay. And I bring that up because there is no argument who the second best player is this season for Denver. There, there really isn't. And and if you were trying to trying to formulate an argument, it would just be a failing one that I would squash uh, in about three or four seconds. It is inarguable. Aaron Gordon has been the second best player. He goes for 27 points last night, eight rebounds, couple assists, steal, but that's kind of a problem. It's kind of a problem. It's really good for Aaron Gordon. He's so fun to watch. He's so aggressive. He's on a mission. He seems to be taking this season really personally, and, and I love that. But we should be arguing that Jamal Murray is the second-best player. We should be arguing that in his time uh, out there that you know Michael Porter Jr. was the best player. You know Where does Bones Highland fall you know, uh, on, on that list and in that argument? And although Bones played well on Tuesday night— um, None of those guys really hold a candle to to Aaron Gordon's season so far, and that 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 that's a problem. That 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 is a that is a problem. Um, Jamal continues to. Um, how do we want to say it? How do we want to frame it? Uh, struggle. Um, he's had some high moments. You know, we talked about the series against Houston, and I remember at the end of the the, the podcast the last time talking about hoping it's a runway for Jamal to really take off and. You know, when we were reacting to those wins against the Clippers, against uh, Houston, um, we're trying to view it through the lens of bad basketball teams. Like, uh, is what we're seeing real? And we were fixing to find out. And unfortunately, there isn't enough um, uh, tangible realness, for lack of a better term, um, to apply from that uh, home and home with Houston moving forward against Atlanta, uh, New Orleans, and Dallas. Uh, Jamal really, really struggled on Tuesday night. Um, I I remember reacting to the game uh, a couple Tuesdays back, two weeks back against the Pistons in that game that I was at, and Jamal went three for 12, finished with 10 points. And I remember coming on here and saying, that was the worst game I think I've ever seen um, in person from Jamal Murray. Well, um, Tuesday night, um, smacked to that same sort of flavor. Uh, Jamal was 2 of 11 from the field, 0 of 5 from three-point range, um, missed a couple free throws uncharacteristically. Um, but he, it almost feels like, I'll, I'll just say this, you, you, you're talking about a microcosm, it, it feels like Jamal Murray misses a free throw every single night now. Every single night. This guy used to be one of the best free throw shooters in the league. And I'm not saying that he's he's bad. He went 7 of 9 from the line. He went 3 of 4 in New Orleans. He went 4 of 5 from Atlanta. Went 4 of 5 against Houston. 5 of 6 against Houston before that. 4 of 5 before that. But, but you see what I'm saying? Like, I'm not used to seeing this guy 
miss free throws on the regular basis that he's missing them now. Um, I think it speaks to the, you know, adjustment period, the rematuration process. And the other telltale thing that's much more obvious when I'm watching Jamal Murray right now is this guy is thinking so much. And I feel like we've been on the roller coaster with Jamal because I've come on here and said, hey, I'm watching a guy who last night wasn't thinking and give you play X, Y, Z as an example. But you look at the game on, on Tuesday night against Dallas. I mean, how many possessions did Jamal just instinctively go to a pump fake? I mean, like it felt like half of them. And and the refs even sent him to the free throw line on one of them. It was a terrible call. If you're a Mavericks fan, for as upset as we get, um, you know, as Nuggets Nation gets, it's like, oh, my God, the, the whistle. Look at look at the, the call that Luca gets or, you know, whatever, right? Um, you know, Jamal got bailed out uh, on one of them where he just is like pump faking his own self. Not even pump faking the defender. Um, and that... I don't know how long that takes to, to go away. I, I really don't. Um, we're going to continue to track it, though. Um, but, yeah, he's got to be better. And when and when your shot's not falling, when you're 2 for 11, when you're 0 for 5 from 3, like, he's got to be a better creator. And, you know, that, that that's another um, overarching takeaway from this game on Tuesday night is that the way that Dallas chose to play Jokic – and just launching a double team from the very first possession of the game through the duration of it, just launching double teams at Nikola Jokic. And you can use that to an incredible advantage if you choose to. Excuse me, taking a drink here. Um, it's almost like when you press, right? And and you're pressing and you're launching guys at guys. Um, I, I had a coach that... Um, and covered a coach who used to say, uh, uh, his name is Don Bassett, upstate New York, legend up there. Um, he used to uh, actually George Carl's uh, uh, old buddy uh, from the Albany Patroon days back in the day. Um, but he used to say, pressing us, uh, we call it layup time, because when you make the right decisions, okay, when you're being doubled or being pressed, it's, it's kind of the same um, kind of the same uh, philosophy is that you can go downhill. It's almost like a mini power play or a mini, um, uh, um, you know, downhill uh, fast break opportunity, an unsettled situation. You can use that double team against the defense. And Jokic was positioning himself on the floor perfectly, knowing that the double was coming. Um, and, and, if the Nuggets had more creators, and this is what I'm expecting Jamal to be, it's like you can make those guys freaking pay for it because you know Jokic is going to make the right decision, right? That that we we know that. So the fact that you can get as many open looks from three, especially corner threes, right? You see, you saw the Nuggets hit a couple early, um, but like the amount of open three point opportunities and layups that you can get getting into the teeth of that defense, getting two feet in the paint, you know, on an unsettled situation, that's, that, that should be threes and layups. And unfortunately um, the Nuggets didn't hit enough of them and, and they didn't, they, they weren't terrible from three. I mean, they shot 40, 40, 41% from three. They were 13 for 32. Um, meanwhile, uh, the Mavericks were tremendous from, from three. I mean, they, they were, they were great. They were great. So, I mean, and then you talk about a Dorian Finney Smith, uh, 
uh, hitting uh, five threes, Hardaway hitting six threes. You know, one of the most impressive stats of the game, and not even just of the game, it's it's much larger than that, is Tim Hardaway Jr. This guy, first of all, has made himself into such a player. This guy was a late first-round pick coming out of Michigan back in 2013. This guy becomes the first player ever, ever, in the history of this sport to make five threes in five straight games. He made six of them against Denver. He made five of them against Phoenix. He made eight of them against the Knicks uh, over the weekend. He made six of them against Detroit late last week and made five of them early last week against the Golden State Warriors. That's insane. That's insane. Um, uh, and, and because of uh, the way that Dallas defended Jokic, Jokic only took um, 13 shots. And he maybe could have took a couple more, probably should have. Um, and they needed it. And they just come up just a little bit short in a one-point loss. You look at a Jamal Murray missed free throw. You look at um, um, Jokic maybe not um, you know, uh, being more aggressive down the stretch. Um, it was good to see Bones, you know, bounce back after being benched. Really good to see, actually. Um, I thought offensively he was really good, both in creating with the pick and roll and, you know, making shots, making five threes, scored 20 points. Huge bounce back game. Still a lot to be desired, you know, defensively. Um, really good to see Christian Brown out there, you know. And statistically, uh, didn't light the world on fire, but that guy should be playing. I'm tired of talking about it. He is a, a, a good defender right out of the gate and on a team that doesn't play good defense. So if, if you can play offensive guys who don't play good defense because they're, you'll, you'll take the advantage offensively, why, why wouldn't that be the case? And he's not some big negative offensively, talking about Brown here, that he would be an albatross where you can't play him. He needs to play. He needs to play more. So at least it was a good sign um, that, that he did uh, uh, get out there. That's, that's, that's a good place to start. Um, uh, what else here? Um, Luca. I mean, Luca was a beast. Six triple double this season. Leads the NBA. He is just a demon out there. Twenty two points, ten rebounds, twelve assists. Had a block shot. I mean, he is. He is that dude. Um, the, the 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 Denver Nuggets need to pick themselves up here. Uh, I don't want to overreact and misrepresent this. This is a three game losing streak, but it's also in December, and there's a lot of time left here. And I don't want to. Uh, Pretend that that's not the case. This is a marathon, and the Nuggets have tripped and falled, uh, and fell rather. Um, and 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 I trust this team's resiliency. Although we have questions um, about the defense and maybe even some of the connectivity um, right now, um, it's still December, and I, I, I'm it, for those selling their Nugget stock. I think I'll buy some uh, right now. So we'll see how they bounce back on Thursday in Portland. Um, that turns into like, hey, you kind of kind of got to win this game. Uh, can't let this losing streak get out of control. So we'll leave it there for now, guys. Appreciate you being with me here. And whatever happens on Thursday evening in Portland, we'll be talking about it the next day on the Mile High Hoops podcast. Thank you for tuning in to the Mile High Hoops podcast powered by Superbook Sports. Until next time.